1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Elvis is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps Theater's new podcast series, The Daily Oscar, where each day we're going to highlight a best picture nominee, chat through it and its odds of winning. My name is Grace. I'm here with my co-host Ariel. Ariel, how you doing?
2: I'm good. I I was just remembering that when we covered Elvis. Yeah. Like- to review it on this pod that i sang at
0: the beginning of that podcast i
2: I still feel really bad about it so i just Uh, wanted to apologize
0: apologize yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, we covered uh elvis when it came out uh, i believe with our friend uh bram but uh we have uh, two special guests from the movie ladder podcast where it was zach brooks and brendan fitzpatrick brendan how
3: you doing i'm great how are you all doing tonight it's great to be here i'm all shook up to be joining you
0: that's right zach how you doing
3: uh good yeah i'm like feeling like a hound dog i guess
0: all right all right that song does get played so many times <laughs> so many times they mm-hmm. love that one uh mm-hmm. yes yeah, so we're chatting about elvis here on the daily oscar make sure you subscribe to the post recaps theater feed post slash movies to make sure you get all of our daily oscars uh, uh pods and uh today we're chatting about boz lerman's uh elvis ariel i think a movie that uh i think at the time we probably felt uh some thoughts uh austin butler <laughs> He looks a lot like Elvis. The movie's a little long, and Uh what is Tom Hanks doing? Uh, Have we changed our minds on any of these things? Um,
2: No, I mean, I guess the what was Tom Hanks doing now has transformed into like what is Austin Butler continuing to do (laughs) uh, every day. But Uh you know, that's at least dropped it,
0: didn't he? He recently. Oh, I I didn't
2: hear that we had officially gotten past the uh, the Elvis portion of the program. But uh, still, at least what he was doing was very interesting and uh, well done.
0: Yeah um so uh, uh fitzy zach uh, thanks for coming on to chat about uh uh elvis uh fitzy what were your thoughts i know you said you're a big boz lerman fan what what's what your thoughts on elvis
3: yeah overall i really really um actually liked this movie better on my second viewing than i did even the first time i saw it in theater um mostly just because of that boz lerman flourish that this film brings i mean the Tom Hanks performance still doesn't completely work in any way, shape, or form. But every time Austin Butler is on stage or in a scene in this movie, he's the one that is jumping off the screen and really captivating. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed his performance a lot, especially this second time. So,
0: Yeah. Zach, are you a fan of uh, this movie?
4: Uh, I'm a little bit more lukewarm on this the second yeah. time than I was the first time. I think this is a weird movie because... The first half is incredibly boring to me. And the second Uh half is very exciting. Mm -hmm. And like, basically the movie for me kind of shifts right at the Christmas special. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think from then it becomes this like bombastic, energetic biopic of Elvis. That's Mm -hmm. really, it's like a really good hour and a half long movie and, or maybe hour 15, but like the hour and a half before that, where we're just learning his life story. I just think it's like, just not that interesting to me. And I felt the first time, but I felt it even more the second time.
0: Yeah, I think that that's uh, fair. I get, the Christmas Mitchell is is after he has gone to war and he's been shut down. Mm. I really, I do, I do quite like the scene where he's at the uh, the festival, uh, mm. uh, the festival, the 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 park. I don't when know on the he doing? Ferris wheel is because no, I thought that no, was no. a strong scene. No, his, his
3: very first live concert, I think, is the one you mean. Where he's yeah, like where the, he he's yes. been told
0: he has to tone it down, and he can't help but shake his hips. Uh, oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. one, he almost gets arrested. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. yeah, that scene. Um, yeah, so. I feel like there are moments in this movie that really work and it's hard. You know, the, I am an Elvis fan. Like I do love mm-hmm. Elvis music. My mm-hmm. dad listened to a lot of Elvis. And so I kind of, I actually thought this movie worked better for me on a rewatch than it did in the theaters, which is why, cause I was a little bit like, all right, I'm going to watch this like two hour, 40 minute movie. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to rewatch <laughs> it before we go in. And like, not in a theater in my house where I can be like easily distracted. I actually I appreciate it for like what it is. I try on these on on our podcast a lot when I'm like not loving a film to be like it's just not for me. Um, but and I can appreciate that like Baz Lerman has a particular style that's like you know the like the font and the air and the like zooming across you know zooming in. Um, it's it's such a movie movie Ariel. It's a movie.
2: Yes, it is a <laughs> is mucho movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right about the about the uh, Lerman flourishes. I think it's. To that point, you know, as I love to say around these parts, it wasn't boring. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly parts of yeah. it were boring, but overall, like it isn't it isn't a boring experience. I think for the most part, either it's working for you or it's not working for you. Um, but there's a lot going on and it's very quickly edited. Uh, I remember I do remember that distinctly about it just being like, wow, there is a lot of visual information coming at me. Um, but I did not fall asleep. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, I love I love the idea of you in your in your apartment just like telling that to no one. Like, all
0: right, I'm gonna watch this movie for two and a half <laughs> hours. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Oh. Um, uh, Fifty. I the thing I think about this movie for me that doesn't work, and I made a joke mm-hmm. about it up top, but it is Colonel Tom Parker. Like, the movie yeah. is called Elvis. Austin Butler is so dynamic as Elvis, and then the movie starts, and it's the movie is so much about. Colonel Tom Parker's mm-hmm. influence over Elvis to the point where I feel like sometimes that stuff, and he's literally like speaking to the audience, right? There's mm-hmm. moments where he's like, you know, he was mm-hmm. addicted to you and he's like, t- he's talking to us directly. And yeah. so I feel like there's so much, like it's interesting, uh, Zach, that you are talking about how, bo- you know, the first half of the movie is boring. And I think that part of that is that like, I think it, it could, technically like it could be hard to make an Elvis movie because he's he was so famous. I feel like a lot of us do know the Elvis story. Mm-hmm. I feel like they try to balance, they try to like take a different approach to you know not at least ignoring what he took from black culture. They like really do like like, like try to highlight. I have a little bit of a with like mm-hmm. basically BB <laughs> King being like, "Go ahead, Elvis, you, like, it's okay." You go, and I don't know what the relationship <laughs> was like, but like I just think that like it's a lot in a movie and then i feel like there's this like story of elvis's life that we kind of know and the movie is like actually what if it's more interesting to focus on colonel tom parker uh fitzy and like his role in elvis's life
3: and it's that's the problem it's really not because they don't make one it's the tom hanks performance is just so bizarre and the look, and not just out, the performance. the and looks like the penguin. It's yeah, so he weird. looks like Colin <laughs> he does penguin. look like the yeah.
0: penguin.
4: HBO yeah. like, Max oh.
2: backdoor series, The Penguin. <laughs> and, <laughs> so,
4: and and like, I just want to jump in because Tom mm-hmm. Hanks is my all time favorite actor. I love Tom, I Hanks love Hanks Tom so Hanks so much. And I remember when he was filming this movie. And one night we heard Tom Hanks has the coronavirus. And it was like the night that COVID oh, yeah. started was like Tom mm-hmm. Hanks was yeah. in Australia filming this movie. Tom Hanks
0: got COVID and the NBA shut down. Those are the yes. two things. I and
4: Boston but... Rob got voted out of Survivor. Oh, all sorry. happened <laughs> the same night. Uh,
3: but so like,
4: I, I'm like, I was like, all right, like Tom Hanks is going to be in a Baz Luhrmann movie about Elvis. This sounds really great. And I just mm-hmm. like, I hate every minute he's on screen. And it makes me so upset because he's my favorite actor.
0: So, yeah. Yeah.
4: This movie does have like the the Colonel Tom Parker bookends to it. Like it, it should not be called Elvis. It should be called Colonel Tom Parker.
0: Yeah, he opens yeah. the movie and he ends the movie. Yeah, uh, and it's like he's like I'm gonna tell you the truth about this guy. And so I feel like like so much of like Elvis's addiction, and I feel like there is like there is this line, this like through line of a theme in there, Ariel, of like. The point of Elvis, like a little bit of what like at least this movie is kind of trying to tell us, although half-heartedly and through the lens of Colonel Tom Parker, is that Elvis was so obsessed with like the adoration he would get from fans and like that reaction he would get that it causes him to continue to try to perform. It causes him all these like addiction mm-hmm. issues because he like, can never get it unless he's on the stage um, and also the way he's being influenced by these other people. Yeah, specifically
2: um, yeah. Uh, Colonel Tom Parker. I think it's, you know, it's very much about his, his trying to kind of uh, get out of it, Elvis trying to get out of his own way a little bit and uh, Colonel Tom Parker, like not allowing him. And, you know, we see mm-hmm. through various machinations of him, like outright lying to him, you know, uh, keeping things from him, trying to get him, from uh, trying to keep him from going like an international tour because he doesn't have a uh, passport and he's like, I guess you know, pretending to be someone else and all that nonsense that didn't. It makes, makes sense, sense and it's important, okay. but like, well, why uh, make him the
0: narrator of the film, Ariel? Then why make him the like because the voice?
2: Tom, they were like, listen, it's Tom Hanks how bad cause it, could his weird accent be? And it seem, my theory is that nobody listened to him talk until the first day of filming. That's and fair. then they were just filming and they're like, we can't say anything. It's Tom Hanks. Like, yeah. I mean, not <laughs> that Buzz Lerman would be afraid of him, but I just, I don't understand what was happening. I, I think I said this already, but like it reminded me of uh, inventing Anna on Netflix, the way like the, mm. the the accent was never the same. And it was kind of similar here. And I understand if that's rooted in reality because, you know, he was basically a, uh, a huckster or whatever, mm-hmm. but snow job man, yeah,
4: snowman. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, snow. <laughs> no wonder he was so obsessed with Christmas, he was a snowman. I, I did think it was funny, he's
4: wearing that Christmas sweater, the ugly Christmas sweater yeah. with like, the giant snowman on it. And I was like, you know. Leo, pointing at the screen when I saw, I was like, Oh, he's wearing a <laughs> snowman. I get
3: it. Well, the uh, other part yeah. of the, the other thing with the Colonel Tom Parker performance and his role in this movie is that everything that he's telling us about Elvis leans this movie into the stereotypical music biopic film like everything that he narrates elvis doing and saying and acting get this movie into that like boilerplate template music biopic that every music biopic does and that's why we crave and love the scenes where elvis is actually performing because it's a break from the norm of this movie feeling like just the average musician biopic. Yeah, this movie Matt's reminds car-
4: me yeah. so much I- of mm-hmm. another Best Picture nominated mm-hmm. movie and Best yeah. Actor nominated movie from just a few years ago, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd be curious to take like a poll of the of everybody like, do you prefer Bohemian Rhapsody or Elvis?
0: elvis 100 bohemian rat the the thing i think oh, about God. like
2: don't do this to me
4: okay the I, reason-
0: this, okay this, no i can this, give this let me horrible. give a reason here let me give no a- no
2: i don't mean you i mean the fact yeah. that i have to like consider the question <laughs> well,
0: <that's true. laughs> because elvis i feel like at least does a slightly better job of like acknowledging some of the things and is like like it's there's such these like snapshots of the moment that like it's like oh what like it it feels like this is a a piece of a moment of his life rather than all of these things that like collide together to like cause this um a tragedy that like he dies at such such a young age whereas i feel like bohemian rhapsody like is actively the the image of of uh freddie mercury is so actively i feel like misrepresented it where i don't really feel like that's the case with the elvis uh biopic i actually mm-hmm. i actually didn't again i enjoyed this on the rewatch i i you know i don't think it's as good as many of the other films that have been nominated for best picture mm-hmm. but at the same time i'm like yeah i don't think it's a bit and i i the performances are so good i mean that's the best part of bohemian rhapsody too is the performances and then the mm-hmm. rest of the story is like so weak but i i feel like it's such a misrepresentation of freddie mercury in a way that at least this isn't of like of Elvis, mm-hmm. it's just like why is it Tom fair. Parker here? <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I just love I I love the music so much of Bohemian Rhapsody that it mm-hmm. elevates it for me. In that the concert at the end is like that's the the lasting thing that I will remember from that movie. Whereas with Elvis, I don't know if there's like a lasting necessarily like part of this movie that I remember years later.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, d- I do remember the last in a positive in way at least being <laughs> confused again at Tom mm-hmm. uh-huh. to continue dunking on him uh, or on his performance specifically here to be clear to be specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, okay, here's what I'll say. I think for sure I agree with Zach in that specifically the music in Bohemian Rhapsody is, for obvious reasons, very memorable you know you have emotional connections to it uh I think in some ways it's like more offensive Bohemian Rhapsody like more offensive and like what it tries to do and why it does certain things and takes certain shortcuts um but I think I I might have to <laughs> give it to Bohemian Rhapsody just wow. like, it's like a very emotional like gut reaction that I had when he when he asked the question I'm like I guess it's Bohemian Rhapsody but like I don't like it. It's like choosing between two mm-hmm. of your children but you hate both
3: children. <laughs> <laughs> but like I mean again I we're, succession we're, I think is what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah. Uh, but again like our, yeah. we're on that thing where we're we're faced with one of you know my favorite actors of Ronnie Malik giving this performance of Freddie Mercury and not wanting to dunk on him just because I like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, yeah. It's the same I, thing with I, Hanks. Bohemian Rhapsody yeah.
4: also will always have like a um, sentimental place for me as well. Mm-hmm. Because after I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, everybody's like, oh, if you thought Bohemian Rhapsody was good, you should watch Walk Hard because it totally skewers everything it uh, did. And so mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, i watched watch Walk Hard. And then I watched that and I was like, oh, I should watch Walk the Line because I've never seen that. And then I was like, oh, I should start chaining movies together, and I called it
0: a movie ladder. And then oh. a year later, that became oh,
3: wow, oh. yes. oh, and, and I was yeah. gonna make a joke, yes. but yeah,
0: that no. was
2: actually just real life. I, say, <laughs> was, I, do, I do
0: think Elvis, uh, there's a scene in Elvis when he makes the women go wild that somehow they act, I do think it works in a way that, but it's almost identical to the scene in Walk Hard where mm. the women are satirically <laughs> freaking out because of uh, the music of uh, yep. uh, uh of the main character in Walk Hard, but uh, Dewey Cox, um, but. Okay so I, I mean there i think there is a lot of debate about whether Austin Butler is good as Elvis. Uh, the, the thing about this is i i do think he looks i think he has the vibe of Elvis and he looks a lot mm-hmm. like Elvis. It's on, obviously not him singing and yes we can make fun of uh, the fact Ariel, that he like apparently got like stuck in the voice like he couldn't not do the voice. Didn't <laughs> you remember that he sang the first half though. Like the early yeah. stuff was the, him singing uh, and then they over. I believe they actually blended some stuff. Well. Bled, yeah, that's okay. what I
2: read. That yeah. for some of the stuff that was either older or really, really low quality, that they had to do a little bit more of a blend. Yeah. Um,
0: I, to your point, uh, uh, Zach, just quickly about like how Bohemian Rhapsody holds a special place for me. Like for me, I, I actually didn't have a ton of connection to Queen. Like, yes, I knew Queen songs, but like, mm-hmm. but I like I, I my dad listened to a ton of Elvis. I've been to Sun Records studios. I've been to the I've, like seen the microphone that he like oh, well. that like mm-hmm. that got signed. Like I I've been to Graceland. Obviously, uh, <laughs> so Elvis holds like a real
3: <laughs>
0: I get just back to Austin Butler, and so last night at the SAG Awards, he does. Uh, so just uh, to to date, when we're recording this podcast, we were pre-recording some of these. Uh, 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 he loses to Brandon Fraser. Brandon Fraser wins the SAG uh, award. Uh, he did win the Golden Globe for uh, best acting performance. Although again, the Golden Globes are this interesting thing where like the category are split. It's like drama and then comedy. Mm-hmm. And he wins a comedy or musical do you think is, is awesome butler taking home a little a little gold man on uh on on oscar night ariel or is uh, somebody can like
2: i mean it, it, it it's the one that would uh make the most sense to me of of the awards that it could win
0: um i think he should win because he helped sally field up at the sag awards I there we go. <laughs> yeah
2: i do think he should win <laughs> nice guy. honorable award. honorable yeah. mention nice yeah. guy award yeah. Um I mean, you know, we've already said, you know, the Oscars do love to mm-hmm. uh, award either a biopic or a specific biopic performance. Are you saying no because Paul Mescal
0: sure. is up for uh best of actor for? Me. I look, I wasn't going to bring him no. up. You know, He's I was trying way. to do
2: at least one podcast where I didn't bring up Paul Mescal, but like fine. Uh-huh. Yes, I would like him to win. <laughs> I will just come clean.
0: Uh-huh. It's really Zach. Mm. I think the category where the, I think pretty much a, if anybody wins, I uh, Paul Muskell would be a surprise for me, but I'd be yeah, absolutely delighted. But mm. the other four, I think have a complete shot at winning this yeah. thing.
4: It, I, yeah. I mean, so I, I follow some of the betting markets a little bit yeah. and it does seem from what I've seen that uh, Austin Butler is rising over the last couple of weeks, especially, and this is before the win yesterday or no, he lost yesterday. You said, he lost. um, mm. yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe he's going back down, but I think like it's been Brendan Fraser's, or I heard it's—is it Brendan Fraser? Or Brendan Fraser? Because I heard somebody Fraser, refer to him as Fraser, Fraser, and I thought that was weird. But I think that's—that's that's how you pronounce it. I don't uh, know. It is Fraser. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. apparently, he, Brendan has been rising, or has been like the front runner Thanks, since buddy. before that movie came out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're great.
0: Yeah, there was uh, a ton of buzz. Like, uh, I played a TIFF. I got like a you know an eighteen minute ovation or whatever. Hmm, yeah. You know, I still uh, the seen whale. It
4: but I, I got it on my list. But, uh, but I think that's one of the ones, yeah.
2: Grace, to your, to a point you you like to make a run here sometimes about like peaking too early. Like mm-hmm. perhaps that was, an, that was an example of that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think yeah. that's the same thing for Colin Farrell. Like I think there was a lot of buzz for Colin Farrell when Banshees came out, but it's pretty died down by now, which is unfortunate because I think he's absolutely fantastic in Banshees. But yeah, I mean, the Austin Butler performance is definitely the type of performance that they like to award at the Oscars. So I yeah. think he's pretty, pretty, pretty high up there. I heard somebody on another podcast who said that the
4: Oscars really should have like a category for best actor playing someone and a category mm. for best actor playing a character.
0: I heard that. I can't remember. I heard that as well, oh. but yeah,
4: we'll have to uh, it, to see if it was the bleed. same podcast. <laughs>
0: okay let's chat uh let's uh each of us have picked uh, a memorable moment uh from the episode and you know what? i'm gonna go first because i called an audible as we're live on the podcast uh, uh zach you mentioned a scene that i'm like actually my scene i think was a little too similar to your scene so i'm gonna mm. switch i'm actually gonna pivot to the ferris wheel scene oh, which i actually you. uh i actually really like it it's it's very Boslerman-y, so as they're like on the ferris wheel uh, it's cutting back to these other things your future, Mr. Presley, blazing before you. Reporting contracts, television, even Hollywood. You're great, Colonel. You are the best person I could ever hope to work with. And you know, this is something I, I ain't never said to nobody before. I believe I can be great, too. Oh, no doubt that we could be even greater together. But to achieve this, I need to
3: represent you Exclusively, exclusively, sir. I, I don't follow. What about, what about Hank Snow? Snow? Hank? Yes. He
4: sent me here to fire you. Hank wants you off the tour, so I will have to leave. Hank.
0: We will both have to make sacrifices. This moment, this moment, there's a moment in the thing here that like, gets referenced later, is when he's kind of like turned on him. Uh, It's when Elvis talks about the Rock of Eternity and he's going to use that later as sort of like a dig at Elvis. And so like if the theme of the movie like is about Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis, and this is why I think like if you take this scene without Colonel Tom Parker doing the narration of the whole movie, I think this thing could actually work. That if he's like not sort of like the main character in the elvis movie and you make elvis the main character in the, in the elvis movie shocking i know ariel uh that uh i think it maybe works a little bit better because i do think like this scene is really effective in the way that you can see how he's like bonding and appealing to to elvis and what he wants and like yeah you're gonna learn to fly like yeah you'll fly as high as you want kid like how many ca- many pink cadillacs do you want and they keep like updating the ante like I think this scene does work and it's very Baz Luhrmann-y in terms of like flashing back as these different things are happening. Based like it's like showing things out of time, right? That like they're having this conversation before anything else happens. And it's actually flashing forward to see how Tom Parker puts those things in motion, like making his father um his manager.
2: Yeah. And I think the idea that he that they're like going up but then coming right back down oh, overall, like it's there's a mm-hmm. uh, not sure if it was intentional but it just came to me like there's something actually appropriate about that uh and how it will tragically go in 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 a lot of regards with Elvis's life and the trajectory that Tom Parker puts him on um but yeah the colors the colors feel very like what if great gatsby but at night
0: <laughs> yeah that's right and and uh Fitzgerald, the thing i think is interesting about this is when i think of a lerman film i almost think even though this is a biopic i
3: mm-hmm. feel like
0: he's like I don't think this. I don't think this scene actually happened, right? Like, and, and but right. that's like, okay. Like, why? Why not make a like? If you're gonna make a movie, so, like, sensationalize it, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is the thing that we talked about a little bit after Woman King that it was like, yeah. yeah, if it was exactly true to form, we'd just make a documentary and people wouldn't go to the movie theater. Exactly. And so, I actually, I actually do appreciate the way this is sort of like dramatized for effect in the movie. I think it really works.
3: Yeah, and I think that's actually where a lot of the best scenes of the movie work is where Daz takes an apocryphal moment and makes a big giant skeptical of it. And those are some of the best scenes in the movie where the spectacle of the relationship between Elvis and Tom Parker is put into this giant musical flashing lights. Camera quick is quickly is moving. The music is pumping. The narration is yelling. Like it's so fast and furious that you're not concerned about whether or not this actually
0: happened. I can't believe Fast and Furious didn't yeah. get nominated uh, <laughs> anyway, next, uh, year. next year. Yeah. Fast Facts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach, what do you make of the Ferris wheel scene? You were you brought it to my attention. I, I like it.
4: It. it um, I know. Look, one of the things that we had been talking about is like other movies. This reminds me of in the whole everything in the carnival at the beginning just reminds me of Nightmare Alley LA from mm. last year. Mm. Um,
0: Same. I
3: wrote down Nightmare Alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I if a did.
0: movie. Ariel and I definitely completely accurately predicted how everybody would feel about. <laughs>
4: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> uh-huh so yeah so i
4: was getting i was getting nightmare Alley vibes and then i'm thinking about like you know they're trying to portray colonel uh colonel what is his name parker tom colonel, parker, tom parker I, it's, I had a block for a second. sanders yeah uh, yes as a like as this huckster as this crook right it's and a so car-ing. having it at a, at a carnival i think like going with ariel said like visually yep. that works uh i was confused who's controlling the Ferris wheel, because it looked like Colonel Tom Parker was like starting and stopping the ferris wheel, which doesn't make sense to me.
0: This is the thing. I mean, sometimes you're on a ferris wheel and you get stuck in the time where like they have to let people off, so it gets stuck. And I know it's like a very long scene, but I, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess the, it looked like he pulled the lever though. Like they cut to, Somebody, put, they made no, it I think like he's he just holding. The lever. I think he's just holding his cane. I think.
4: Yeah. Uh, oh, that I think really there is true.
0: a read that you could say, like, "Oh, he's in control of everything." Yeah, instead yeah. Of this moment. But I, I, I think it's just like movie vacation. That, like, oh my god, we got stuck on the, road you know, yeah, we're like, we like pause here, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then at the end of the scene, it like flings him forward, you know, to keep right. going. I love that. I, 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 totally missed that. Like, this is where they are on the trajectory of his career. Yep. And it will go so high, and then it will, like, mm-hmm. come
3: back down. I didn't catch that at all. Fame, it fame, is, fame is a Ferris wheel. You're yeah. up, you're down, you're up, you're yeah. down, you know. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got
1: clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bre-
0: uh, Brennan, you picked uh, the Christmas special scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. So the Elvis comeback special slash Christmas special scene happens at exactly the midway point of the movie, which is incredible. Uh-huh considering, I would say, it is probably the climax of the movie, so you would think it would come much later to the, but it's actually the first of, like, three different concert climaxes. This one kicks off the back half of the film in such an amazing way because they have a conflict. It's been a
1: long time, baby. Long time.
0: I like a lot of the new groups, you know the Beatles and the Beards, but a, a lot of it is basically rock and roll music is basically uh, gospel rhythm and blues.
3: But that's one thing about this this TV special that I'm doing—they're gonna let me do what I want to do, sing the music that I want, the
0: music that I love, the music that makes me happy
2: child yeah. Those north old hippies that brainwashed Elvis acting like he was one of them radicals, throwing his career
3: away to sing spirituals with a bunch of long hairs. Elvis wants to do this comeback special and all these terrible things have been happening in, across the United States between the assassinations of RFK and Martin Luther King, which they cut into this movie Oddly, even though they don't make any sense with filming a c- Christmas special at the same time, RFK died in June. Yeah, so this, where's yeah. the where's the connect there? Um, it's yeah, very, took a long time I, for
4: news to travel back then, Brenda.
3: Yeah, it, it it was very timey whininess with when they were filming this Christmas special. But what I really like is you know this is the first like Elvis trying to assert his independence and play the music I want to play. Um, and I really love the start of this when they do, you know, Hound Dog into, jail, into Jailhouse Rock. And then, you know, it's just such a great concert scene. And then during the whole scene, you're getting this argument with Colonel Todd Parker because he's trying to appease these record execs who think that this is supposed to be a Christmas special. And this, it's cut so, as I was talking about earlier, it's cut so... Flashily between what Elvis is doing on stage and Tom Parker backstage, trying to figure out whether or not this is going to work and try to rush the stage to make it stop. And it's just, it's probably, the, it's definitely the highlight of the film for me uh zach what'd you make of the christmas special
4: Sam, it's the thing i remember the most after Mm. my last watch of this movie and so we have like we had an email chain and you know you asked us to say our moments and brendan like quickly chimed in and said christmas special and i was like Mm -hmm. oh all right i guess he took mine uh that's Mm -hmm. fine um Mm -hmm. but you know to go back to the ferris wheel like as ariel said like the christmas special feels like the top of the of the ferris wheel in this movie Mm -hmm. um i don't think it's necessarily the climax of the film but i do think it's like the just the the uh pivot point for this movie where it goes from kind of run-of-the-mill biopic to the bombastic like big celebrity that Elvis is and then it mm-hmm. kind of leads into all these big performances the big tour the lights like that it gets much more like a Baz Luhrmann movie after the Christmas special mm-hmm. so um I really like that. It. and it's a good concert performance it's like yeah. not quite the one in Bohemian Rhapsody but I think it's really good the
0: the one thing about it I feel like um they almost like double down on the Christmas. Like you talk about the length of this movie. Mm. He does this. He does the one where he comes out in in the leather uh, suit Mm -hmm. and he, Mm -hmm. and he surprises uh, Tom Parker by playing Hound Dog and Jailhouse Rock and all these songs. And then he's like, don't worry, I'll fix it. He'll be in a Christmas sweater tomorrow shows up. They do the fake out of like the Christmas set and Tom's happy. And they spin around and, and Elvis is doing gospel. Mm
2: -hmm. And like, so
0: I'm like, we needed both of these in the scene. Like <laughs> I feel like I get the point yeah. after the first time that he figured yeah, I, I had like forgotten that as
3: well. Yeah. I had um, forgotten that those weren't the same set piece that they actually had like a whole thing in the middle of that between the two performances where they're arguing about whether or not that it's going to be a Christmas special. And yeah, 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 I think
2: I think what is also effective about uh, the scenes, I mean, even both those scenes together, but especially more so the Christmas special, as you all have talked about is um, the tension in the scene of like, you're not Mm -hmm. sure or in across the like the various scenes within that whole piece, uh, set piece of like, what is he going to do? Like we by that point, we have an understanding of what Elvis wants to do and what he would do Mm -hmm. if there were absolutely no uh, parameters and like limits but then what is he actually going to choose to do? What is that going to mean for him long-term? And then, like, I think the, the, the two scenes kind of work to show us the push and pull between them, obviously, because even, like, Elvis himself isn't really aware of what he's going to do in the next minute when he's openly defying Tom Parker. So it's like, mm-hmm. am I going to turn against him? I can't. Some people, I can't remember if by that point people have already started to kind of turn on on tom but um this it's... is
0: he he's hired the other like the guys who are gonna like Jerry. produce his christmas yeah, special the and yeah. they meet at the hollywood Sun. yeah the hippies Jerry. and so like they're running the production while like tom parker's trying to like convince the execs that like you mm-hmm. know don't worry it'll no, change but like yes yeah, so there's definitely some like yeah i don't know about that tom parker guy but like it just feels like they do it they do the same scene twice essentially yeah. to get two different iconic elvis like like outfits sets elvis you know in yeah, yeah.
4: performances i mean that yeah.
0: I, I my only thing was i was getting like
4: distracted during that scene by how many other people would have to be in like it's not like elvis is the whole yeah. band right yeah. so like yes. to just change what songs you're playing like at least all the other performers would have to be in on it and i just feel mm-hmm. like i don't know if that's what actually happened or not but it just seemed i don't think
0: many of the things are exactly how it is what i'm saying like the movie is so movified that like i don't think there's any way that like they're showing up expecting a christmas special and it's not like it's like he's singing all those songs like they would just know way before that you know so they wouldn't like have
3: surprise face at the studio but yeah i mean it also doesn't make sense that they would be rehearsing for a christmas special in june when rfk is assassinated
0: Oh, and there's no way like, if they're yeah. not. Actually, a, I kind of buy that
3: though. That actually, well, yeah. I wonder how much it's pre-taped. I but also, yeah. there's no <laughs> way
0: that they built the whole Christmas stage special if he's never doing the Christmas special. Uh, yeah, it's such a yeah. waste. So, so anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, yeah. it's all movified, right? They want right. the moment of like the camera spinning around and Tom Parker reacting. Yeah. Um, and, and then right. that moment
4: yeah. really does like I keep going back to it. But that moment really, for me, shifts this movie from like a movie I don't like. From that moment on, it's a movie I really do like. And, mm-hmm. and both times I watched it, I, like. I'm the, the energy really overtakes me for the part after that.
0: Is it, it's not this. Oh, it's, it's the scene where he, at the, at the festival that I'm talking about, like the outdoor, like baseball festival where he's like, why won't my boy listen to me? And I'm like, it's <laughs> <laughs> my boy. get to my boy. and my he, like boy. The car. Um, <laughs> All right, Zach, you picked uh, the, uh, the performance of suspicious minds where uh, yes. Colonel Tom Parker makes an agreement with the hotel to sign off the rights for, uh, to, for him to play at the hotel and uh and tom barker gets something out of that as well yeah
1: that is what my boy would expect You're suspicious mind.
4: Yeah? <laughs> what are you going to pay me
3: suspicious <laughs> mind
4: Yeah, he gets his uh, gambling debts voided or vacated, and then he gets a line of an unlimited line of credit, which I think just means he can keep borrowing money to gamble. Yeah. But it's like he gets free money to gamble with. No, he
0: owes the money if he yes. takes it. He owes the money, but yes, but he could just—it's just, it's just like he,
4: he has no credit card limit at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I like this scene because this is the first. I mean, I know we had the Christmas scene, but this is the first like Elvis, Elvis, like huge mm. lights, big costumes. He's got the cape, like. He's performing on stage in Vegas in front of all these people. And this is like the first one where I feel like I'm watching Elvis. I always thought it was
0: so fun. I always thought a really interesting thing about Elvis is that you learn he dies so young. And yet there's so many like distinct forms of Elvis. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many, they're like, oh, that's Vegas Elvis, you know, like Mm -hmm. this different Elvis. And so, yeah, this is like the first like Vegas show Elvis we get to see. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and like we have that going on while we
4: have Tom Parker, like we kind of have the two competing forces going against each other at this point. Like Tom Parker is like signing basically away all Elvis's freedom to, you know, just to help his own gambling addiction. Um, and I do think, like, you know, we've bragged on Tom Hanks and the performance and the character and like the the bookends, but I think if you think about this movie, like Tom Parker is a really good movie villain. He just needs to be. Like, the villain and not the, the narrator Joker, of the movie right yeah. yes and not batman in this yeah. movie yeah um, um so i think i think this like this this scene kind of sums up the whole movie and i also
3: when i was watching this i was like oh i think suspicious minds is my favorite Elvis song i was about to say the same thing i think it's mine as well or at least yeah. when i was rewatching the movie today it was the one like after i turned off the movie that i was still singing yeah, like had, as i was working. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: I think one of the things about a typical biopic movie where it's about this uh, music star sensation is that they often write a lot of their own music. And so I actually think that like one of the things I think the movie doesn't do super effectively is often match the songs with the story that's happening at the same time except mm-hmm. i think that the, there is a couple like suspicious minds ariel is i think a scene like as that song is playing and colonel tom barker is literally making a deal behind alice's back to like mm-hmm. keep him in a cage um uh, suspicious in vegas this yeah i think song. it does right. Right. um <laughs> uh-huh.
2: uh yeah no i think after i think after a while that would have gotten old but i i i understand what you're saying and i think it's if they were going to do it they're going to do it about the, the main character narrator of their movie. Tom Parker. <laughs>
0: yeah. mm-hmm. Well, I just think like they play Hound Dog like a million times mm-hmm. in this uh, movie, which like, yeah. I do like when they sometimes cut back and then you see that like he's you know it's somebody on Beale Street is like singing the song that he's performing or whatever. But mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't write his own music, so he's often you know take like there's literally a moment in this movie where we're watching Little Richard. He's like I'd love to perform that song, and like, mm-hmm. like yeah he did yeah he because he did yeah, he took it uh, recorded <laughs> He they didn't take it. it Little yeah. Richard also did Tutti Fruity, but like yeah he didn't record his own. music. So I feel like it doesn't often like because when you get these other biopics for it's like yeah, this is the mood I'm in, right? There's this line in the movie mm-hmm. when it says, um, when he's recording harp, they bought the record deal. Uh, RCA has sold it. Uh, mm-hmm. no, RCA bought it from sun records and he's performing heartbreak hotel. And they're like, this is a suicide song. I'm like, why, yeah. why would we ever do that? I'm like, yeah, well, he's not like depressed at this moment in his life, but like, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. so it like doesn't completely, I think always match it. He's like, he just wanted to play the music he, he liked. So he, Found right. that and and played it, but there are some moments I think where like the music does like highlight the story that's being told. Are you are you both a fan of um like the Boslerman? Like here we're gonna put in this like song from you know it's literally like I think Doja Cat is in is in. The classic Man. Elvis
2: fan Doji it's, cat.
0: so I wasn't
4: at first the mm. first time I saw this movie I was like why did they put in modern music again I'm going to like take an idea from another podcast that I heard talking about this movie and they they were saying their read on is like putting the modern music in kind of ties the legacy of Elvis to new music yeah, and that,
3: f- when I think, think about it be, that way I actually mm.
4: really like the idea of it I think it's weird to have like an Eminem song over the credits but um, I guess like <laughs> actually like Eminem is kind of like Elvis if you think about like you know, kind of culturally appropriating black music, and yep. I think that like that actually sort of works. Um, yeah. So I don't know; it's weird. The Doja Cat, the first time it came on, both times I was like, "Wait, what?" But I don't know. Yeah, I, so. I, guess, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's
3: also a very Baz Luhrmann thing. I mean, think oh, it's about very the, Think yeah. about all the pop songs that litter "Freaking Romeo and Juliet" for no reason. They're it's incredible, though. But yeah, I, I think it's a. I think it's a very Baz Luhrmann flourish that I actually really like. I mean that. And like Moulin Rouge is littered with them. Like, it's just, well, those are it's covers. just his
4: thing, yeah. you know? Yes. Is, I've never seen Great Gatsby. Is mm-hmm. it the same type of thing where it's got modern music and it's kind yeah, of like- Yeah, it's got a lot of yeah. hip hop
0: and rap in it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's his staple. I mean, I yeah, I think like, uh, I, I think to the point, like sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't because mm-hmm. sometimes it can be very effective in terms of like, yeah, this song is very apt for like this moment. You know, I, I, I you know, I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's okay. just it's just weird. Like it, it does take you out of the
4: movie when you hear it, though, because you're yeah. expecting your yeah. music and not like modern rap songs. But
3: yeah, and yeah. It, it didn't bother me on the second watch. When I noticed it on the first watch, I didn't notice it as much on this one. Like it didn't throw me off or anything. Okay, so um, our,
0: our final segment. If it won, how would we feel if it won? Uh, I'm going to hold off because I feel like you might be the highest on any. If it won, uh, Zach, if this won the best picture at the. 95th academy awards how are you feeling we're ending the night boz lerman is on stage because elvis has won best picture Uh,
4: i wouldn't be too happy because (laughs) i have my best picture nominees ranked and Mm -hmm. i have two left to see um i have not seen women talking are all quiet yet but this i have elvis as my second lowest
0: Mm -hmm. your second lowest lowest.
4: Uh, of everything you've seen Yes, not counting women talking or all quiet. I gotta finish mm. the book for all quiet and then I can watch the movie and then Can women I talk guess
0: I can I guess what you put below? I yes, th- I, that would be fun. I think uh T dev's gonna be angry, but my guess is Avatar.
4: No, I liked Avatar. I have that third wow
0: is it, wow.
4: my last one is.
2: Uh is it so mad tar? So angry. It is not no, tar I have tar right above
4: <laughs> Elvis. Uh um, not a fan of not a triangle of sadness. No, nah. No. It, it's it's Banshee's Veniceerin. I really was not a it's fan insane. Of oh wow. I'm cutting
3: off my fingers right now.
4: Throwing them after the throwing. After I saw mm-hmm. that movie, I texted Brennan and I said, uh please don't end our friendship, but I just yeah. did not like Okay,
0: <laughs> well what, cut what's
2: off your... all my fingers to spite Zach's face? <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh you have Elvis pretty low down. What do you have
0: at number one? What's your uh, I have everything
4: everywhere all at once at number okay. one. Um, but I, that's kind of the chalk pick. I I also I have my top three are everything everywhere, top gun Matt. Maverick and Avatar.
0: Yeah. Um Okay. Um, so yeah, not super stoked if Elvis. So yeah, I, I think, I think uh, Ariel, I, I think an Elvis win sets back any goodwill the Oscars has ever got. Like, I think that like mm. it just, I think it would be such a sour taste on the Oscars for it to win because I think it's not that it's a bad movie. It's not that it's just that there, I think there are other more interest, like movies that are doing interesting things that are more modern. And if it wins, it this mm-hmm. feels like this is the Oscar club deciding that Elvis wins, Ariel.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think it's as bad as like uh green book. I know no, we said that. Green yeah. book winning yeah. or, yeah. um, you know other ones I can think of but I do think it just feels not it doesn't feel like a dynamic choice like it feels like there 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 are other options that you could argue are safer but are still Mm -hmm. for my money better quality movies I if this one I would be in a word disappointed and Mm -hmm. I you know, I might, I might want to turn it off
0: before the acceptance speech. I gotta be honest.
2: Uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear any accent that's coming out from guess, any of these people already. I'm guess, done with.
0: This. Guess what? You're not allowed because we're covering the Oscars on the
3: podcast. Uh, uh Fitzy, make you talk about yeah. the last five. Minutes. Okay, Fitzy. If Elvis wins, how are you feeling at the end of the night? If it, uh, wins. I mean, you, I mean, Zach and Ariel put it pretty well. Uh, you know, just as well or better than I could put it. I mean, um, I think that. Would be disappointing, it would be kind of a bummer. There are at least five films nominated for Best Picture that are better than Elvis, so yeah, or at least are more deserving. I mean, I have Banshees and the Fablemans and everything all everywhere all at once as my top three. And if any of those three win, I'm gonna be over the freaking moon. If Top Gun Maverick comes out of nowhere and actually wins Best Picture. I'm gonna freaking just throw, start throwing things in my apartment out of joy and happiness. Oh. <laughs> if Elvis wins, I'm gonna start throwing things out of like frustration because I agree, it's a, it's a, it's a step backwards. It's a, it's a step backwards and the Oscars playing it safe. It's, if Elvis it's not wins. even a hound dog. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's something else.
0: I take, Take all these uh, minor awards. You got a costume design, Mm -hmm. best makeup and hairstyling sound. Take, uh, take all of that. You can take all that if you don't win best picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's
4: fine by me. I do think if the Oscars like want to recognize like big movies. Right. And I, and Mm -hmm. what I've come to over the last couple of years with the Oscars is like, they're not, they're not uh, awarding it to the best movie they're awarding it. it's like, I look at it kind of like a time capsule of the year. You can look at like what was nominated, what won those years. And it kind of gives you a state of the movie industry. And Mm so, If the Oscars wanted to be like, hey, everybody's back in theaters now. We want to award like big Hollywood movie. You know, we don't want something quiet like Tar or Triangle of Sadness. I just think like in that case, there are better options that you can do over Elvis. Absolutely. And you could do Top Gun Maverick. You could do Avatar or everything everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. in a sense. I don't I don't feel like that's like big Hollywood movie, though, like Top Gun and Avatar are. And Elvis does have that loud and bright feel to it. But yeah, it's just. And, and I, you know, I didn't hate this movie. I just, I don't think it belongs in contention. I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, just so everybody knows it was getting standing ovations at Oscar viewing parties. So just so we're all aware mm-hmm. that like there is the <laughs> smidgiest of chance that Elvis wins. I don't think it does, but boy, will it be an interesting night if it happens. Um, mm-hmm. Zach and Brennan, thanks so much for coming on uh, the, the daily Oscar pod and chatting mm-hmm. about Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Woo-hoo.
3: Yeah. yeah thanks for, work. thanks for having us. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun.
0: Um, where can people find, uh,
3: Fitz, I'll let you go first. What are you up to? Where can people find you? Oh uh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Fitzy Brendon. Uh, we are in the midst of launching Mandalorian season three coverage, uh, here at post show recaps. Mm-hmm. I am joining DM Philly and Latanya every weekend for a feedback slash fun and games pod. So you can check that out at Pusher Recaps. Those will be dropping generally every Sunday after each new episode. And then you can also find me on the Ladder Movie Podcast, talking movies every week with uh, this guy right here, Zach Brooks. Yes.
4: Uh, uh, Movie Ladder Podcast. Every week we're talking about a movie that connects to the movie from the week before. So we're climbing the ladder of movies each week. We're in our fourth year. Uh, It will already be out, but tomorrow Brennan and I will be talking about The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. You know, I love another, that movie. I actually love that movie. I know that
0: movie. that I know that that movie is so like also like a movie that's just like Oscar like the, the, the circle but I love that movie. It's mostly cuz there's a moment in the movie era where Brad Pitt is so tremendously hot that I can't stand it. And I I, I know we shouldn't love Brad Pitt but it's when I've he's flexing seen... in the mirror as an old man. Is that it? It's like and what the, the era where he has a motorcycle and they like live in crummy like, okay. apartment.
4: Yeah. I'm yeah. about to watch it right after this. So I want to see both out. of
2: those moments only. And uh, <laughs> no, I do actually. I forget about that movie all the time, clearly, yeah. because I haven't seen it. But um, I'm excited to get to it eventually.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: And then so next week, we'll be doing some movie that connects somehow to Cure's Case of Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can check us out at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram is the way to follow that. And I'm at Brooks C A. Okay i'm personally.
0: trying to remember i've been on. i was on the way way back mm-hmm. i love that you always mm-hmm. ask me on movies that i real like are not like he's like i'm not on the benjamin but i'm like yeah on the way <laughs> way back and uh, uh what's the irish uh, song movie uh um oh once, once. oh once yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then we almost had you on on golden pond which
4: i ended up describing a lot about how it was about aging gracefully and i was like oh this oh, been really good to have grace yeah, on it not why I we yeah. asked you
0: uh, now that you can see that we're doing a daily succession pod and a daily uh, mm. uh, Oscars pod, I hope it's understandable that I politely declined the yeah. invitation. Uh, we will but, uh, uh, reach in out the to you in the future. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, Ariel, uh, where can people find you?
2: Uh, I'm on Twitter at that other Ariel, covering Dark on here with you in Philly, covering Poker Face with you, yep. and uh, also covering Grey's Anatomy here with Chappelle.
0: Uh I'm on Twitter at HypeFromGrace. from Grace. We'll be back tomorrow with another Best Picture nominee. We'll chat through it with a special guest. Uh thanks for joining us. Until next time. Uh, I'm Ariel. No, I'm not Ariel. Wait, hold on.
2: Yes, you are. <laughs>
0: we switched places. Is it are we not covering the parent trap on this episode? This is Freaky <laughs> Friday. Yeah, Freaky Freaky Friday. Friday yeah. Alright, well let's do it. I'm Ariel, that's Grace, this is Coach Recast Theater. <laughs> Until next time. Bye bye.
1: actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary pbl prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay round 2 name something that's not boring
0: a laundry
3: Ooh, a book club computer solitaire huh
1: ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino